and talk. Well, good afternoon or whatever time it is that you are tuning in. Uh, this is Aaron Gakey, pastor at Messiah Lutheran Church. Normally I'm here with Pastor Alex, but he is uh, on assignment elsewhere. Um, and so uh, I have our special guest today, and to me this is a very special guest. It's my own son, Evan Gakey. Evan, say hello. Hello, good afternoon, y'all. And uh, Evan, I'm excited to have you here today for a few reasons. One, you're my son. That's great. I'm always excited to have you here. But when this episode airs, it will be right at the very end of February. And in just a few days from then, what's going to be happening with you on March the 3rd? I will be enlisting in the Air Force, and uh, I'll be on my way to Lackland for basic training. All right. And so I am just going to pretend to be all giddy and excited and not cry on the air uh, about that. But uh, I'm excited to be doing this with you before you leave. I'm excited that we have this opportunity. Um, I imagine I'm going to probably cry when I listen to this. So I get to do that then. Uh, but thanks for being here uh, with us. I'm uh, I'm proud of you. I'm excited for the reading uh, that we're going to be going over today. But first, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit um, about yourself, about your background, about who you are, things like that. All right, well, um, I'm Evan Gakey, the son of the pastor at Messiah Lutheran <laughs> Church. Um, know that about me. Um, grew up playing sports, always had a passion for that, so it's kind of cool to be on the radio. <laughs> um, because after the military, I might want to be a broadcaster, so we'll see how that goes. Um, got two sisters, a brother, lovely mother. Um, but, but your sisters and brother are not lovely? I mean, okay, depends well, on the we, day. Okay, we just have to edit this part out. Yeah. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Love y'all. Uh, yeah, so just grew up in the church, and my pleasure to be on this podcast. Yeah, cool. You, yeah. So um, I'm going to, you know, I, I know a little bit more about you than probably most of the people who are going to be listening to this. So uh, I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions that I probably already know the answer to. Okay. But your habit of reading the Bible, is this something that you've always been into? Is it something that's newer to you? Well, how did like reading the Bible become an interesting thing to you? Um, actually, the summer of 2016, I went to the National Youth Gathering in New Orleans. And um, from that point on, I've tried to keep in the Word daily. Um, just my passion for Jesus and the reading the Bible has gone up significantly since then. Um, what was it about the youth gathering that kind of turned you on to that? It just... Finding out that I'm not alone and that there's so many other people mm. who love God, yeah, just like I like, do. What thirty thousand youth at, least. at this thing, mm. right? Yeah, well, that's that's really kind of cool. You know, I kind of got us started here, and I don't think I ever even mentioned at the beginning. This is Grow Up and Talk, uh, our weekly Bible reading podcast for Messiah Lutheran Church, and not just for Messiah Lutheran Church, but for um, anybody who wants to tune in and know just more about reading the Bible. And Evan, you know, the idea behind this is really that um, reading the Bible is not something for just the holiest of holy people. This is something that we should uh, be doing on a regular basis, but not just be doing because we should be doing it, but we do it because we get the opportunity to actually hear God and, and hear God speaking to us and talk with Him in this whole thing. And the idea between behind Grow Up 
and talk is that we are maturing in the faith and uh, making it a regular thing, making it more comfortable for people to just be able to talk about it. As you've been spending, I guess, the last three or so years really kind of more diving into the Bible, have you found it easier to talk to people about this stuff? Is it still kind of awkward or the same, or does it depend? What, what, do you, what have you found out about that? Um, I find it's easier because when you somewhat know what you're talking about, <laughs> um, you can. I've never been good with memorizing verses, but I have friends who will ask me hard questions, and the best thing to go to is the Bible and try to find the answer with them. Mm. Um, yeah, so what does that mean, try to find the answer with them? Because I think you're on to something there. Um, well, my thing is, people always ask about evidence um, for the Bible, and I think one of the greatest things you can see is all the disciples that he had in there, and some of them didn't even believe he was God until he died. Um, and then came back resurrected, and then it says that they ended up dying for him. Mm. Um, that they wouldn't, I don't know how to, um, they didn't disown God. Mm. Um, so they kind of, so, they, they, after having seen all of this, even with their earlier doubts, they would go to death, they would go to the grave mm -hmm. uh, to confess him and not, not forsake that confession. Yeah, that's really cool. And so that's kind of been a witness to you, uh, an encouragement, an inspiration to you. And so what I'd say is uh, using that as kind of our springboard, why don't we just go into talking a little bit about the readings that we've got for uh, today. And so this is our fourth week in February, and so the readings that you covered uh, were for February 22nd through 28th, uh, Exodus chapters 32 through 38. And um, I'm going to kind of hit a brief overview of these things, and you tell me if I've missed anything, um, because I want to really dive into some of the things that you saw that were, um, you really jumped out to you or that were important. So, uh, as I read it, the things that stuck out to me, 32 were right in the middle of where Moses has kind of gone up the mountain. He's been chatting with God, and he left the God's people in Aaron's care, which really gives a bad name to the name Aaron, because uh, this crazy thing that happens where the people say, we don't know, because Moses has been up there for 40 days, and we don't know, and they say, we don't know how long he's going to be up there, we don't know what's happened to this guy, make us a god, which they've had God like in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire with them the whole time, make us a god, and Aaron says, well, give me all your jewelry, and they fashion this golden calf, and God continues to talk to Moses and give him his law, he scribes it down on stone like with his own hand, and that it the Bible makes a point of saying this is God's own handwriting on this thing. And then God's like, okay, here's the law. Now go back down because uh, your people have already created another God. And uh, Moses goes down there. He is mad at the people. He's very mad at Aaron. He throws down these stone tablets hand-inscribed by God and breaks them. And uh, then he burns up this golden calf in the fire, spreads the gold dust on the water, and makes them drink the gold dust. Not sure I fully understand all of that, but that's kind of how he does it. Um, and God's anger is kindled against them, and basically God says, Hey, you know what? How about this, Moses? How about you and me go the rest of the way? We'll leave these fools out here. And Moses says, Look, if you do that, all of Egypt is going to say, Look, he just led them out there to die. It's almost like Moses bargains with God, and then God says, All right, I'm going to go with you. Um, 
but let's make sure that kind of we we follow my commands and do things my way. And so uh, they leave the area of Sinai. Uh, Moses has to go back up on the uh, on the uh, mountain with God and carve out some new tablets. And God gives him the same words that were on the ones before, renews the covenant again, and then starts talking again about this is where it gets into all those things you were talking about, like contributions for the tabernacle that people were supposed to bring, uh, building the lampstands, building the altar, building the tent, uh, building the um, the uh, the acacia wood ark, and all of those kinds of things. And as we kind of progress through all this very specific ways that God wanted these things to make, we uh, basically end up uh, in 38 with them making the altar for the burnt offering and uh, the courtyard and the materials for the tabernacle. And that's where your reading ends. Did I kind of capture everything pretty good there? Um, yeah, you captured it pretty good. What I got out of there was the same thing. What piqued my interest was... Um, God's anger in that. Okay, tell me about that. Um, and so, yeah, in chapter 32, the people convince Aaron to turn away from God and make idol, uh, idols out of gold. And then God tells Moses to leave him alone so that his anger may burn against them and that God may destroy them. But um, in there, Moses sought the favor of the Lord and asked him why his anger should burn against the people he brought out of Egypt. And so then the Lord relented, did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Okay. That's what I got out of it. Okay. And so when, um, sometimes I feel like I'm not fully sure. I always understand, like, can we change God's mind? Like Moses is basically praying with God, right? He's talking to God. So this is kind of a prayer thing going on. It sounds like a little bit more face to face than what you and I normally get. But God said, man, I'm going to, I'm, these people are toast. And Moses is like, whoa, 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 hold up there, fella. And, um, and and God says, okay, I'm not going to. Do you think that Moses is actually changing God's mind? Can God's mind be changed? This is something that theologians argue about all over the place. What's your thought on this? I do not think that we can change uh, God's mind. I believe it was more of a test than anything mm. um, to see where Moses' heart was because he was also a big part in that. Okay. And so, What do you he, mean he was a big part in that? Uh, I mean, he led them up out of Egypt. Uh. Um and so he didn't want to leave them behind. He cared about them. I mean, Aaron's his brother, so... Yeah. God, what do you think about him, man? I mean, and now let's just make sure we're talking about that Aaron and not me. Yes. But um, what's your impression of him as Moses goes up and is like spending 40 days talking to God, and now all this stuff's going down on the bottom of the hill with the Israelites? I mean, the story definitely makes him look bad. Mm-hmm. Um. But you see the same thing nowadays when um, mm. some of the people closest to God are the ones that uh, sometimes disown him. You know, uh, we're all tempted by the. I mean, God allows us to be tempted and um, God allowed Aaron to be tempted. And so I think that's why we got to stay close to God, ask him for his favor or else we're going to let things of this world pull us away. Wow, yeah, man, that's big stuff. I want to I want to do something here with you. I'm going to go somewhere just a little bit crazy because what Aaron says when Moses comes down off the mountain and breaks the tablets and he is so angry, um 
Moses goes, what did you do? Like, how did you let this happen? And Aaron goes, well, um, they said that like they wanted another God. And like, I just said, give me all your earrings and gold jewelry. And, and we threw it into the fire and whoop, out came this calf. And you know, it's, uh, that's almost, almost literally the word, you know, mm-hmm. out came this calf. So what I want to... Uh, we know that that's probably not the way it happened. Like a, a gold calf didn't just jump out of the fire, that there had to be a little bit of crafting of this idol that happened. But let's just pretend that that's exactly what happened, that in goes the gold and out jumps this calf. Does that somehow, would that exonerate Aaron in any way? Or is, or is there, do you still see sinfulness in what's going on here? That's a good question. Um, I still feel like um there's sinfulness going on you know that's human nature is a uh, we're bound to be sinful um see the way I, when i was reading it what i what i noticed is like if if aaron's telling the truth mm-hmm. because i've seen this is one thing we believe when we believe in god we also believe that there's a devil too that there's satan satan and i've seen satan do some mighty and horrific things in my life. Actually, you and I have seen some of that very close up, haven't we? Yeah. And so we've seen that face to face. We know that Satan is very powerful and God is more powerful and God works in us. And despite how much he works in us, those kind of confrontations are still scary. But we know that Satan can manifest things in this world. He made himself look like a snake for Adam and Eve. He's manifested himself a lot of different ways. And so let's say Aaron throws all this jewelry and gold in and boop, out pops this calf. The the problem, it's like what you said earlier. The problem is that Aaron was not staying close and in communication with God. The people said, hey, make us this God. And Aaron says, well, let's just see what happens if we throw this stuff in the fire. You know, he takes that step. Um, we talk about, uh, in, in Martin Luther's small catechism, we talk about when we honor God's name and we don't take it in vain that we are like prohibiting things like sorcery and witchcraft and things like that. That. And one of the things that I've heard some stories about recently is people using these Ouija boards and, and some of the demonic stuff that can happen with this. And people say, well, no, that's not really, you know, demons moving that. But that is, that can be God, the, the, the demons, the d- demonic powers working in that. And so what I wanted to kind of get at is like, when we, when we even do things like opening our heart to things like messing around with a Ouija board or, or going to and, and, and taking in some of these, maybe these movies that are very demonic and things like that. So we know we're just opening our heart up to something that could be much worse that all of a sudden we end up this place where we go, how did I get here? Or where, you know, those who raised us or those who, um, uh, who taught us would go, what, how did you get here? And I think that's a, a big kind of part of what, what happened here. Um, where Aaron opened up himself and all those people who were following him to this crazy stuff. Uh, what else? What else do you think? Um, kind of. What was some of the big things that jumped out to you, or was there anything in particular that kind of gave you some great concern in this area, uh, in this reading? Yeah. So in the end of chapter thirty-two, it talks about the Lord ended up striking the people with a plague because of what the um, what they did with the calf Aaron made. So my question is, why did he give him the plague after he said he was going to relent? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we have this tendency to look at um, 
God, we, God, the Bible says God is love. And any time that something bad happens in our life, we always want to go, oh, that's Satan working in my life. But sometimes we need to really understand, I think, that God allows things in our lives, but it's always to bring us closer to Him. And so when think about who we're talking about. These are the Israelites who were in Egypt under Pharaoh. And what did God send before he, before Pharaoh finally let them go? A number of plagues. He sent all these plagues. And so now here comes this new plague, and they're going, oh, man. See, God protected us from these plagues before, but now we're the ones who are defying him, even though he's let us out here. And I think God allowing this plague on his people is one of those things to just go, hey, hey, guys, remember who you are. Remember who I am, and let's not mess around with this stuff. And uh, how about no other gods, like I've said a thousand times, because the plagues in Egypt, all of them were to um, counteract what they believed about these other gods. And here this plague is to go, you know what? You think this cow, this golden cow is going to protect you? Um, yeah, how about this? I'm going to, and I, I wonder what that plague was, you know? Um, It'd be interesting to find out if it was like everybody had like, you know, some kind of cattle disease or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, all right. How about this? Um, was there anything in this whole passage that you feel like maybe gave you a lot of hope? Something that gave you like a, mm -hmm. you know, a looking forward into your life. This is like, a, oh, this is a hopeful thing to see in this passage. Yes. Um, in chapter 33, um, it talks about Moses and the glory of the Lord. And it talks about how Moses was asking God for his favor, for if he didn't have it, he couldn't be distinguished from all the other people on the face of the earth. So the Lord showed Moses' glory and sent his presence with Moses and gave him rest. Now I feel like if we follow the ways of the Lord and ask for his favor, we shall receive it because the Lord is pleased with us and knows us by name. Okay, so basically, he's also going to distinguish us. What do you? Th what kind of ways do you think God does that? That He might distinguish us from the rest of the people to show that we do have His favor. Because let's admit it, sometimes living the Christian life doesn't always feel very favorable. Um, what kind of ways do you think that people in the world might see God's favor in us um, when we when we follow Him? How does God distinguish us? Well, he distinguishes us because um, if you just look at the church and the unity that people have together, um, as I said at the gathering, it really does uh, awaken something in you when you do see uh, that other people love God the way you do. Mm -hmm. And so, as I said, I think it brings unity. Um, unity is something we a lot of times don't see in the rest of the world, huh? No, we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a great point to bring up about the church and about being God's people. That is something that can distinguish us. And God does tell us we should look different than the rest of the world. doesn't mean we're going to be without trouble. Jesus tells us that in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing that you point out. So we're getting ready to take a break here in just a minute, but I want to give you a chance to think about this question that I'm going to ask you. When Moses went up on the mountain... Um, and he was in the presence of God. He, God said, I'm, Moses said, I want to see your glory. I want to, you, you tell me that you're with me, but I want to see your glory. He had been more, quote unquote, face to face with God than anybody else had. And he's still going, I want to see more of you, uh, which is kind of probably a pretty interesting message on its, itself. Like if we're close to God, we want to see more of him. But um, 
God said, I'll do this for you. I will pass by your presence, but I will hide you in the cleft of a rock so you can't fool me. And I'm going to put my hand over you while I pass by. And as I pass by, after I pass by, I'll take my hand away for just a bit. You'll get to see my backside. And it'll be like basically the train of my robe. You'll get to catch a glimpse of, of that. And that all happens. God passes by. And when Moses comes down, the reflection of God's glory, just from him having seen the back of God's robe, is so brilliant and so frightening that the people say, you need to cover yourself because we are freaked out by what we're seeing right now. We can't, we can't handle the brilliance of you. Um, so my question for you is, what, what maybe underlying uh, message do we see from that? Because we know that everything some way points us ahead or points us to Jesus, points us to God. Uh, this is probably more than just, just a historical story, even though it is that. What more might we have there? And I'm going to let you answer that when we come back from our break. All right, so we are back. Um, hope you all enjoyed the break. I don't even know what the breaks sound like, Emily, on our uh, podcast, but they're pretty breaky, I'm sure. Um, maybe there's some beautiful theme music, elevator music or something. Or <laughs> I just like making you laugh. Um, but anyway, um, Evan, the question before was Moses coming down, reflecting God's glory from having seen the backside of God's robe, and the people say, we can't handle this, cover that up. Um, what do you get from that and God's whole time, Moses' whole time on the mountain with God and all that kind of stuff? Okay. Um, if I'm kind of relating that to my life right now, uh, I've seen God's glory before in many ways. Um, and maybe it's just human nature, but we're always wanting more, um, Mm. of something. And I've seen what God has to offer is more than the world can offer with the material things. And you can just see some people who God works in and see the way they shine. Oh, wow, yeah. And yeah. Um, see the glow they have. And that's uh, that's Jesus right there, and that's what they saw in Moses. Okay. Um, just people who um, always and always want more of God and is just yeah. lit up by His glory. So when you see that in people, you see that glow, you shine. Are you saying you want more of that too? You want to, you, When you see that in them? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think so too. And so, what what I'm, the, I think the thing that just kind of baffled me for a while here on this was they saw this God's glory shining in Moses, and they were like, "Take it away. We don't want to see this." Um, and I kind of mold on that for a while. And one of the things that really struck me is here these people had like thrown their gold in, they threw it into the fire, it was being refined through the fire, so it's going to be shinier, it's going to be brighter and purer when it comes out, and they probably made this calf. It says that when Moses came down from the mountain, it sounded like a war chant in in the camp, and Moses had to say to Joshua, no, this is not a chant of victory, this is a chant of defeat going on. Um, And when that happened... Um, and, and Moses came down and his face was shining. Um, did, did you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't mean to stop you. Oh, but as I'm looking in verse 18, it says, Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. 
Okay, yeah. Okay, it was so not the sound of victory. It's not the sound of defeat. Yeah, it's the sound, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. I, I, mm-hmm. I did kind of misquote that. Um, and so, uh, but so the idea was that here's these people, they're ex- extremely excited and giddy about this, this golden calf, this shiny, bright object. Moses shows up. And his face is something that's just so difficult to behold that they say you got to cover that. Like his face is is shinier than the shiniest thing that they could make, you know. And so what they were beholding as a god uh, can't even compare to the secondhand reflection of the back of God's robe off of Moses's face. I think that there's a there's a, a pretty big um, statement about who God is and how big He is. And so that's going to kind of lead to one of our last questions here, which is. Um, Taking a look at this entire um, this entire passage that you read, these chapters, what in a practical way, how do you think this this reading has any importance to us as Christians today? Okay, um, as mentioned before, it talks about God's favor and uh, the importance it can have, and the importance of following God. And in Christian life today, we have many people who try to convince us to worship other things or just put other things before God and have faith in those. So I think this is a good reminder that even people close to God like Aaron can be tempted, Mm. and uh, Mm. this passage warns us against that. Okay, and so when those people who are close to God, maybe we hold in high esteem, do get tempted. How how can we be aware, in your mind, how can we be aware that somebody's like maybe going the wrong direction? What what kind of steps can we take to make sure that like if one of our uh, let's say our, our religious uh, icons or whatever one of the people that we really look up to uh, in the in, you know a pastor or some kind of a leader uh, how can we be aware that they're not going astray or that how can we be it can, can it be evident that they are going astray well that's um the point when we have to turn back to the bible and see what it says as in i mean false teachings are out there and so the only way we can disprove those is with the book of truth which is the bible that's awesome man well man i again i appreciate you coming in evan and uh, taking your time to read through this and be prepared for this time together and um we always end up with uh with a random question kind of at the end and so i never tell the people what the random question is going to be but i like to just throw it out there and you've been in my household for quite some time, so you're used to many of my random questions. And so my random question today is this. If you could work any job for the rest of your life and not have to worry about money at all, what would be the job that you would want to work and why? Okay, this is um, this is assuming I know how to do the job. And have all the proper qualifications for okay, it. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Um, I'd like to be a doctor. And I mean, I know they make a lot of money anyway, but yeah, other than that, just helping people, healing people. Um, Any specific kind of doctor? A religious doctor. A religious oh, doctor? Man. A doctor of the soul? A doctor of the soul. No, healing what, people. What about, well, like, so is there any specific, specific discipline or, or anything, like any specific... Um, ailment that you would like to be able to minister to or any specific, you know, um, field of medicine that might be interesting? Um, I'm not sure. I just know, as in, I'm about to leave for the Air Force, going into the battlefield and all mm. the medics out there. Yeah. Just uh, saving soldiers' lives who are fighting for y'all. Um, that would be a good... That uh, It'd be good to 
be cool to be a medic like that. Sure, sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool, man. Well, I appreciate the time. Uh, I look forward to hearing you and me uh, on the podcast as it airs uh, at the end of February. Um, and uh, I love you, bud. Uh, I'm glad you were a part of this. And uh, as we move forward now with Grow Up and Talk in the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing from some more of our special guests. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share God's Word as together we mature in the faith as we grow up and talk. Y'all have a good day, a good week, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. And if you have questions, you can email them to growupandtalk podcast at gmail.com. That is growupandtalkpodcast at gmail.com.